0: reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to make it clear to his disciples that he was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer grievously at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, to be put to death
1: and to be raised on the third day.
0: Then, taking him aside, Peter started to remonstrate with him. Heaven preserve you, Lord, he said. This must
1: not happen to you. But he turned
0: and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle in my path, because the way you think is not God's way, but the human way.
1: Then Jesus said to his disciples,
0: If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. For anyone who wants to save his life will lose it. But anyone who loses his life
1: for my sake will find it. What
0: then? will anyone gain if they win the whole world and ruin their life? Well, what do you have to offer
1: in exchange for your life?
0: For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and when he does, he will reward each one according to their behavior. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus
1: Christ. I was very struck by Michelle's
0: reading of the letter to the Romans and how much St. Paul is expressing The essential teaching that we hear from the mouth of Jesus and his own words in this gospel. And this passage of St. Paul is really the heart of this year's WCCM theme of metanoia. He's telling us that the transformation of the human mind takes place when we can make this offering of our whole self and that
1: changes everything. Is it a choice? Do we have a choice in this?
0: We're a consumer culture built on choice. We now believe you know, we can choose our not just our sexuality, but even our gender. We can choose where we live. We can choose who we marry. We can choose what kind of work we do, whether we work full-time or part-time. Choice rules.
1: But is choice all there is?
0: In that first reading from Jeremiah, he doesn't want to be a prophet. He doesn't want to renounce himself. And we'll see in a moment why
1: he has no choice.
0: Or it's a choiceless choice. So what do we want? Do we want the kingdom? Or do we want an easy life? What the media and our culture call the good life. The dream of that good life, where we have all our needs met, where we have affluence and happiness, has deeply disappointed us. It has not produced a just or a happy society or world, and we seem to be regressing in many ways into barbarism. How quickly the world has gone from confidence in the good life he have never had it so good to a chronic, even crippling anxiety
1: of crisis. The
0: central issue in many human lives, and at times very acutely, is suffering. It's the big question
1: of human meaning. I was walking
0: yesterday. Uh, in London, and uh, it was a beautiful day, tourists around, uh, everybody out in the sun, walking along the River Thames, and it was happy. There was a general feeling of happiness and having a good life, and that indeed is, should be, part of our expectation of life, and even sometimes in places of great suffering or times of great suffering, we can we can find that kind of happiness. I'm going to Ukraine at the end of this month. I was talking with our coordinators there, Maria and Albert, and uh, they are not uh, in a very ideal situation in life. Their country is under brutal attack. And yet there there is a, a joy there at the same time. So how do we balance and integrate joy and suffering? Because both are real, both are necessary. And apart from the central question of who we say Jesus is, and just before this passage in the Gospel, Jesus asks his disciples that piercing question, so who do you say I am? I don't want a theological answer, I want a personal answer. Who am I to you? And he asks this question not for his own sake, because he doesn't know who he is, but he asks it to help them to focus. So, but apart from that central question of who we say he is, I think this question of suffering and joy is the key to the Christian revelation and why we proclaim the good news, why we live and communicate
1: the essence of the gospel. Well,
0: suffering is inevitable. The first thing a child does when it comes into the world is cry. There is a necessity for suffering as part of
1: growth. But there is, as we grow older,
0: a temptation to ignore this to deny it to compensate for suffering in an unhealthy way to be frightened of suffering especially in as uh, Michelle was reminding us in a society that becomes so individualistic it's very hard to handle personal suffering on your own whereas in a family, in a community, in a supportive society, and that probably means a smaller support group than than you know the, the, the whole po- general population. We need we need people that we can see and touch and live with and know, and then we can handle suffering. Without that support, without that interconnection. Suffering easily overwhelms us, and when suffering comes, we have no resilience.
1: What is suffering?
0: Well, maybe we can break it down a little bit. Maybe it's, it's easier to to understand it, and to understand what the choice is that we have. If we say, first of all, suffering. Is simply the acceptance of the total reality of life, which includes loss and death, disillusionment. We don't get what we want. We have great plans and they all collapse. And there is suffering involved in accepting that and adapting to change, being honest. This is where we are now. This is. The situation i'm in and i don't know what to do uh, but this this acceptance and does involve the acceptance of suffering we adapt to change so that we can go to the next stage of our journey and out of disillusionment and despair can come hope and indeed growth
1: so it's inherent in life just because
0: we are living changing human beings. And then the second element, perhaps, to think about is what Simone Weil calls affliction. And affliction is is different from, it is, includes suffering, of course, but it's when pain and suffering is imposed on us unnaturally from the outside. Maybe by an unjust political or economic system. Maybe by abusive people in our lives. Maybe by oppression, social oppression, religious oppression, slavery, human trafficking, prejudice, racial prejudice, torture, uh, or just sadistic or gratuitous cruelty. So that's another kind of suffering, but it's 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 one that could and should be uh, eliminated and would be in a just society. And the third element I, I'd mention is the cross. Because the cross is, of course, a supreme symbol of suffering, but also of the meaning of suffering— even with affliction added on, jesus Jesus didn't just happen to die. he died in an afflicted way as as a victim, as an innocent victim. But what we see in the cross is a transformation of that experience of suffering and 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 even the uh, the the confrontation with affliction, not in vengeance or hatred, but with love. Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing.
1: So this brings us to this this very powerful gospel, where
0: Peter has just uh, expressed his belief, his faith, his recognition of Jesus, you are the Son of God. You're the Messiah. He's just said that, for this gospel begins. And uh, and then Jesus tells them, prepares them for the suffering that he is going to have to go through and which, of course, they will be affected by. And indeed they are. When he, when he after the crucifixion, they suffer they are dispersed they are disappointed disillusioned at a loss to know what to do so peter takes jesus aside and says you know what what, what does he say he probably says you know don't don't talk about that stuff don't you know that isn't going to happen and uh, because um it's going to be good you're you're going to be successful you're you're going to get You're going to become the king of Israel. You're you're going to help us get rid of the Romans. You're you're going to make a good life for us. And uh, when he expresses this denial of the destiny of Jesus, Jesus, who has just given him a big pat on the back, now shakes him to his roots. He says, you are like the devil that I met when I was in the desert, who tempted me, who wanted to offer me all the pleasures of the world, all the consumer goods, all the success, fame, my, f- my fame on social media, acceptance, uh, you know, money in the bank, uh, holidays, everything I want,
1: and power. So you're like the devil get behind me
0: satan because you are denying reality what the devil offered jesus in the in the desert and what peter is seems to be caught up in is a dream a dream of happiness of well-being of a consumer paradise which is of course like very likely and quickly
1: to turn into hell The ego's search for pleasure and control, like a hunter who is looking for a prey,
0: is the source of this suffering, avoidable suffering, self-infliction. We inflict this kind of suffering on ourselves. So Peter, who has just been called the rock on which I'm going to build Uh, You know, this community is no longer a foundation stone, but he becomes a scandal. The word scandal means uh, an obstacle, like a, a, a rock in the road,
1: blocking progress.
0: So Peter's mind is set on success and happiness, not on the paradox of the kingdom. And that's why Jesus says to him, your whole mindset is wrong. Your whole mindset has missed the point, and you'd better change your mind. This is what St. Paul is saying in uh, Romans 12 here, is uh, metanoia. Let your minds be remade. That's our theme for this year. So we're taken here right into this, into this work, this process of metanoia, which is what gives meaning and depth and joy to life. And Jesus summarizes this uh, by saying that anyone who wants to be part of his community is going to have to learn to renounce herself or himself. What does that mean? He uses the word uh, in Greek, it's psyche, psyche, which is not really soul, it means self. And uh, again, picking up on Michelle's uh, distinction there between the, the porous self, it is open to others, and the punctual self, which is just looking out for itself. So this is the self we have to renounce.
1: The selfish self, the
0: self-centered, deluded self. It doesn't mean that we have to renounce pleasure. Have a good day out with your friends, walking along the river. Have a beer. Play with the children. watch your favorite movies. There's nothing wrong in that. We're not renouncing pleasure, but we are recognizing
1: that we are, that the self, the ego, meaning here, is empty.
0: St. Paul also says in another passage that Jesus emptied himself in order to be filled in that emptiness, in that empty fullness, that full emptiness. And in the light of this, we understand why renunciation leads
1: to finding our true self. So the cross
0: take up your cross, Jesus tells us St Luke in the St Luke version of this, he adds your your cross every day, your daily cross, and maybe that's important for us to remember
1: the th- this passage and this
0: idea of the cross for life, for the Christian life, was related probably very much to the experience of the early Christians who were being persecuted. Indeed, Christianity today is the most persecuted of all religions in the world. So we, these are the people
1: we call the martyrs. And um,
0: the martyr means somebody who makes a witness. They don't want to be a martyr. They don't want to suffer. They don't want to die. But it is their witness, and that means the witness we make to each other in daily life, that makes the difference to the life of
1: the individuals within the community. In other words, we live daily by
0: laying down our life selfless, becoming a witness by our attempt to be a faithful disciple, for my sake, he says. This makes it much, much more, this is a hook, as it were, that we can can attach ourselves to or follow. It's the personal dimension of the Christian life in relationship to the person of Jesus. And it's why we can then create what St. Benedict calls a community that is a school of the Lord's service. Because laying down your life in service is the key. Not to suffer pain that you don't need to suffer. Not to win admiration for the ego. But to be of service to others. And then... One of the great not only does our mind begin to change and we begin to live by different values and to see things, interpret things differently, but daily life never becomes boring. When I was uh, thinking about going into the monastic life, uh, a friend said to me, "No, Lawrence, you know you're you're you're, you know you you wouldn't be able to do it. It'd be too boring for you." And, you know, it's not your personality. You need a lot of other things. Well, I can only say that from that moment, I have never been bored. I haven't always been happy uh, in the ordinary sense, but I have always felt the meaning of the experience and the growth, even through those difficult times. So I think this is a really essential element of the gospel that we're, we're being asked to consider today, and indeed of human nature, because this isn't just something added on. This is a revelation. Jesus reveals to us what it means to be human and how to live in a fully human way, just as meditation is not just about feeling well and having well-being and, you know, dealing with our, our, our problems. Meditation is a way of discovering and achieving full humanity, what it means to be human, the whole package. And the psyche in human nature has to be surrendered if life is
1: to become fully alive. So is there a choice? Well. And what kind of choice is it? I think it is
0: a choice, but it's more of a recognition. And when you recognize something as true, and you know that it's true, then do you choose to accept it? You could choose to deny it, because it's inconvenient, or postpone it. But I don't, Think we can just choose it? We just recognize it. That's the way it is. And I think this is what we see in that first um, reading from uh, Jeremiah, where we where we saw somebody really wrestling with uh, suffering and affliction, and he wanted out.
1: He wanted to get away. And uh, but what did he what what does he say he couldn't be human with integrity and run away or deny he said he felt the fire burning
0: in my heart in my bones he said this fire and it could not be resisted
1: And this is the fire of love,
0: which all the mystics discover and every human being discovers as the deepest truth. And this is what meditation allows us to discover and live live with and live by day by day as we deal with what life brings us. As we share in the school of the Lord's service, we discover this fire of love in our hearts. Thank you.